Good evening, everyone. This is June, uh, the groomer, and you are listening to the Tao of June, living an inspired life. Um, today, I wanted to share a story about when I was a very young kid. I, I, I forget this. I mean, this is back when we were using cassette tapes because、uh, I was recording. <laughs> I was recording、um, a song that I wrote on a cassette tape,、uh, so I had to been in like maybe nine, nine or ten years old around this time. And、um, so this was like eight, nineteen eighty nine, probably nineteen eighty nine, nineteen ninety, maybe, but、um, late eighties, early nineties, and rap was getting just becoming like hot, right? <laughs> rap was like the new thing, hip hop, and oh my goodness,、um, because、uh, during that time, actually, I was really into like Bel Biv DeVoe and like a lot of that kind of music, R and B,、um, Boys to Men was my thing.、Uh, but anyways. And then I started to get into rap, right?、Um, right around nine or ten years old, and I think a lot of Asian kids、um, kind of find themselves gravitating towards rap, rap music, and hip hop, because as an Asian American, I have to tell you,、um, it was really confusing growing up. Like you, you don't really feel like you have a place, you know.、Um, like even around my white and black friends, you know, like my American friends, I would call them.、Um, You know, like it's just you just kind of feel like you know you're the odd one out, you know, oddball out, and you just kind of feel like,、uh, you know, like I mean, they're we're friends and everything, but you know, you always kind of feel weird because sometimes you have to explain certain things, like why my family eats squid or seaweed and things like that, and you know why I take my shoes off, and I don't know, you just kind of always feel weird, you know, and things like you know, like you're trying to explain to your friend, no, it's okay if my mom slaps me around, it's it's fine, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> It's part of Asian culture. You don't get it. You know, you're supposed to be scared of your mom. You know, <laughs>、um, but anyways, and so, and then、um, growing up when I was here in Atlanta, a lot. I, I this was it was the first time I had seen so many Korean people because、um, I grew up in New Jersey and there wasn't that many.、Um, you know, in our church, of course, we would go to a Korean church, but other than that, I mean, you would have to purposely seek out Korean people.、Um, you wouldn't really find that many in New Jersey. Growing, you know, early '90s. I don't know about now. Um, but when I came down to Atlanta, all of a sudden there's all these Korean people. I was kind of like culture shocked a little bit. <laughs> and then、um, the weird thing is, it's like you kind of feel like inside, deep inside, you're like, yes, my people, right?、Um, but then they reject you, right? Because、um, these kids that come come from Korea,、uh, they had a completely different culture,、um, and they they would make fun of me. They would call me A B C or Twinkie or banana. You know, yellow on the outside, white on the inside. So and and also if if I didn't bow to like、uh, the old、uh, older upperclassmen guys and even if they were in the same class as me because they have to stay a year behind if they're a year older than me I have to bow and greet them formally in the hallways of my high school here in America <laughs>、um, or they would hit you they would beat you up they would you know you would get reprimanded you know because it it was a very like. Korea, the the culture is all about respect, respecting the ones older than you and things like that.、Um, a little bit too much, so I think it's a little too extreme sometimes. Or maybe the kids that brought it over here brought the extreme version over here. I don't know.、Um, but you know, the funny thing was even、um, the kids that I personally knew. Um, we're you know kind of grew up here. Maybe they came in middle school or something. But I knew that they've been here in America for a while. You know, we we go and watch movies together or something. You know, we hung out together, play video games, and now all of a sudden, because a Korean drama started getting really popular, and they wanted to hang out with all these tough Korean kids that are coming from Korea, they started talking Korean to me, and I'm like. 
dude, this is weird. Why are you talking Korean to me? You know? And then they'd be like, you know, oh, you gotta, you know, you gotta bow to me because I'm a year older. I'm like, what? Dude, like, you know, like, <laughs> what? And so, I don't know. It was just a really weird time. Um, I don't even know why I got about that tangent. Because my original story that I wanted to share was um, when I was about 10 years old, um, I wrote a song called My Name is June, I Come from the Moon, right? <laughs> Um, and maybe that song really was kind of how I was feeling, like just kind of feeling like I come from the moon, I guess, because I just don't feel, um, I don't ever feel like I belong anywhere, you know? And so I never feel accepted by any group or anything, which is probably a good thing now because it's kind of made me who I am now. I just, I don't really seek membership to any groups or anything. I don't really want to be included in different, you know, organizations anymore. Um, it just, I, I, I actually see it as a hindrance now. Um, but anyways, um, I wrote this song, my name is June, I come from the moon. <laughs> and I don't really even remember anything else. Because I remember how I started. I was like, my name is June, I come from the moon. And then, um, I, you know, I was, I was going on about how I, you know, just don't feel like I, I have a place and things like that. And I'm 10 years old. So, you know, I mean... <laughs> probably not like a deep plot <laughs> or you know probably not too many like deep thoughts in this song but i recorded it anyways right on a blank cassette tape and there was no music or beats or anything behind it just my voice because you know i mean i didn't have access to any of that so at that time i probably could have if i really wanted to but anyways long story short this was just a rough draft i didn't care i just wanted to get it recorded so i can kind of listen to how it sounds and tweak it um but here's what happened my older brother who was about three years older than me two and a half three years older than me him and his friends uh why I, my brother got a hold of it and then played it for his friends and they just dogged it i mean they just died laughing and made me feel so embarrassed i mean and i let i, I it, it really affected me so much i was so angry and uh embarrassed and just i felt violated and just i don't know just all these feelings and i i i didn't i never finished the song and that was the end of my rap career <laughs> um ended before it even started uh and, and the thing is like i guess my secret ambition has always been to write a rap song <laughs> um but I don't know. It's just, I guess I have to, something I have to get over and kind of revisit and maybe work some things out in my mind because there's like a mental block now. Even when I try to rap songs that I like, um, I find myself feeling foolish. I find myself feeling embarrassed, even when I'm actually doing a pretty good job rapping it. Um, but I never really allow myself to commit and like try to do a good job rapping in public maybe because i'm already bracing myself for the laughter and the ridicule and i almost want i almost maybe feel like it's a defensive move to make fun of myself first and do it silly rather than try to do it in a serious way and so yeah i mean it's it's really interesting it's like how there's a lady named mel robbins who um she she talks about the five minute uh, five second rule and she's saying that a lot of people um, falsely believe they're, you know, they have the misconception that their lives, like these huge moments are what impacted their lives when actually she's saying it's, it's probably small, um, seemingly insignificant five second moments 
that have the most impact in our lives. She was giving one example of a school teacher, um, you know, with good intentions, telling a student, um, you know, it's okay if you want to just mouth the words. You don't really have to sing along. You know, in that five seconds, that kid has now um, believed, now believes that they can't sing. Um, and they carry that through the rest of their life. And, and things like that. And so um, I, I guess I wanted to share this story because... Um, well, not because I'm going to write a rap song. <laughs> but um, just to kind of help uh, kind of shed some light on these moments in our lives that happened when we were children. How it could have such a huge effect on us without us really even knowing it and without us ever considering it. And we carry these, these uh, impactful five-second moments all throughout our lives. So these, this, this, you know, just five short seconds can literally change the course of your life years and years decades of your life just because of five small seconds um you know and for me it was you know them saying how stupid i was you know and how how funny it was and it it just it, it ruined it ruined any kind of confidence that i had in myself of ever being a rapper um <laughs> but uh yeah and, and things like um you know my parents my mom saying you know like uh, you know, you're never going to amount to much or, you know, why can't you be like so-and-so or, you know, why can't you be smart like so-and-so or, you know, just things like that. It's like these small uh, five seconds, you know, um, that kind of make you feel like, oh, I guess I guess I'm never going to be like that person or, you know, I guess I guess that person's just smarter than me, you know, or they're just better than me or something, you know. Um, and it, because it's being said by somebody that we actually truly care about. When we're younger, our parents are gods, you know? And so what they say have a huge impact. Here's why. Um, because we care about them so much, you know? Because as children, that's who we care about the most, right? Is our parents. Um, now, let me just give you an example of why the things our parents said to us as children or other people that we looked up and um, respected, why the things that they said to us you know, that they probably won't even remember because it was just, they probably said it in just passing and didn't really think much of it. But the reason why it had such a big impact on us as children is because they meant so much to us, right? Their opinion meant so much to us. So for example, if somebody called me in the middle of the evening, you know, let's just say it was like, you know, midnight or something, somebody calls me at some oddball hour in the, in the night and for some reason I pick up. <laughs> Um, and they say, the person on the other end of the phone says, you don't know me and I'm never going to call you again. <laughs> I would say, I would say, uh, who put you up to this? You know, this is kind of funny. Um, yeah, I really wouldn't care. Even if they hung up on me, I'd be like, I would laugh. I would say that was pretty funny. Now, let's say my wife calls me and says those same exact words. My wife calls me, you know, two in the morning. I pick up and she says, you don't know me and I'm never going to call you again. Click. She hangs up. Now I am devastated. Now my whole world has just been turned upside down. Same words. Same probably amount of time it took to say it too. But because of who delivered it, because of who was saying those words, it means much, much more now. Right? So that's why it's so important for us to kind of go back. And for me, meditation helped so much to be able to just clear my mind. And once 
I clear, I let my mind rest, right? And, you know, like the whirlwind going inside, going on inside my mind, the whirlwind, all these thoughts and worries and anxieties, once it all settles down, right? And no one's spinning that water, then like all of those unresolved issues start to come up, float up to the top and they become clear and we can work on them. And for me, that's how it really happened. It start, it, I started to realize, oh my goodness, these were the moments that made me feel like I'm not enough, that I'll never be enough, you know? And then you can go back in your mind to that child that you once were and talk to that child in a loving way, in a knowing way, because you are that child now grown up. And you, some, you, you kind of time travel in your own mind back to that child, back to that moment. And you tell your child, hey, don't take too much, you know, don't take it so hard. Your, your mom doesn't really mean any of this. She's just replaying the, the, the programs and she's replaying the same experiences that she had growing up from her parents that did their best, you know everyone is just human they're all doing their best she doesn't really mean to hurt you you know and then just kind of uh, mend your past you know and like Wayne Dyer says Dr. Wayne Dyer says you're never too old to have a happy childhood it's never too late to have a happy childhood so even what he means by that is even if your childhood was something that that you would never want repeated for anyone else you can still find a way to use that and use it as a way to benefit not only yourself, but everyone else around you as well. Everyone else that may be going through a similar situation. And so it's never too late to have a happy childhood, you know, and it's never too late to kind of go back and resolve some of these unresolved issues that you had when you were a child that you probably are not even aware of, right? So hopefully that helps. Um, you know what? Maybe I will re- finish that song. My name is June, and I come from the moon, baby. <laughs> um, coming into a store near you, right? <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for um, listening. Uh, obviously, there really is no structure. There's no, um, <laughs> there's no organization or any kind of. Reason, rhyme or reason to this podcast um, I, it's just my thoughts that I'd like to share um, my experiences and things I feel like would be helpful if uh, anybody else is struggling with the same things I was or I am you know it's, it's always a constant struggle but anyways thank you so much for your time and really I, I when I say namaste I really mean it I truly truly mean it you know you spot it you got it we see in others what we see in ourselves I truly appreciate everyone who sees goodness in me, everyone who sees, um, you know, good qualities in me. I, I so appreciate it. And I want you to know you only see those things in me because it's actually in you. It's actually just a reflection of who you are. Um, and, and I hope to be the kind of person that you think I am. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I really do. I honor the light in you that you see in me. Thank you so much for your time and namaste.